Introducing the Two-Way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the Two-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the Two-Way for yourself at newbalance.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome into the Online Enquirer podcast. Jeremy Warner, Joey Wagner, and we just saw something at uh, Camp Randall Stadium that I don't know if any Illinois fans, uh, besides the kid on our board, expected Shout to see. Shout out to the kid, man. He's, <laughs> he's been standing strong. 34-10, to 10, Illinois just dismantles Wisconsin, and it was amazing. You saw some boos. You heard some boos early in the game when Brett Bielma got announced about a half hour before the game. There weren't many fans here. But uh, about 30 minutes into this game, Joey, Paul Chris was getting booed uh, because Illinois just absolutely dominated Wisconsin, something we haven't seen. In a, in a long time, and I think most people who have been paying attention to Illinois football for the last 20, 25 years have not seen anything quite like that. Illinois dominated this entire game. Offensively, take advantage of, of a lot of great plays by the defense, but defensively, there's nothing more we can say about Ryan Walters. But I think we got to start big here, Joey, in that this feels like an arrival moment uh, for this program. You wish you were 5-0 and instead of 4-1, and and Brett Bielman even mentioned that yet again today. But to, to dominate – Wisconsin, like you did on a day that Iowa looked pedestrian. On a day Wisconsin got outclassed by Illinois. On a day Minnesota lost to Purdue. This feels like it can be more than just a win at Wisconsin, more than just a win at Penn State last year. This feels like it's a culmination of this program building and building and building, and all of a sudden it's a player here in the Big Ten West. It is, and I think maybe we feel different, Jeremy, because this wasn't – I, it wasn't one of those – like, this was over kind of early, yeah. right? It was over in, like, the third quarter. Chase Brown goes 49 yards to the house. I think that took it to 24 to 10. That was insurmountable. And, like, at that point, you're like, oh, wow. It's 31 to 10 at that point. Yeah. That's right. Thank you. And you, it, it, they did – like, they out Wisconsin, but they also did something totally different because they played differently. But, yeah, this can – this was a game that we thought, like, okay, if they win – but I don't think we thought they would come in here and just pummel them. It was a pummeling. And that is the most telling. And then when you talk to the guys after, they believe in this. And, like, that sounds very Ted Lasso, hit the, uh, hit the door, hit the top of the door there. But, like, they do. And you can feel that. And I think they expected to walk in here and win. And it's a cliche. But, like, you can feel it when you talk to them. There was some talent in this program, right? I think we're seeing that with, with Keith Randolph, Johnny Newton, uh, Chase Brown. Like, Lovey could get to some. But isn't this the perfect example of how much coaching matters in college football and just in sports in general? You've talked about, Joey, this team came in here expecting to win. And 
I compare this to like 2019. There were some big moments. The comeback win against this team, Wisconsin. The comeback win against Michigan State. But some of that felt a little fluky, right? Like the, the way those games went, uh, the turnovers, all that. Not to take anything away from that team. But th there weren't dominating performances like this. I mean, this is five games that Illinois has played way better football than its opponent. It's played, for the most part, smarter football than its opponent. And I think Illinois has outcoached its opponent in every game. Like that, you, you, if you take the lens back and just really look at this, Illinois has a really good coaching staff. And I asked Tommy DeVito, you have fresh eyes. What makes this program successful? And he said, it's Coach B. All week, we talked a little bit about it, but understandably, people are talking about Brett Bielema returning to, to Madison, and I think this really mattered to him. I, I think the, emotionally, this meant a ton to him. You could see the way his coaches were acting with him. The players knew what this game meant to him. Even though he, but he didn't make it about that. He made it about them and making a statement, and boy, did they make a statement. And, and Barry Lonnie had a really good game, and of course, Ryan Walters. Uh, Ryan Walters is going to be in the conversation for Broyles Award as top assistant coach in the country, which usually goes to the top coordinator in the country. This, I, I'm, I'm willing to say it now, this is a, an elite defense. I mean, I'm looking at the stats. I still can't believe it, Jeremy. Net rushing yards for the Wisconsin Badgers, two. Two yards. Come on. <laughs> yeah, the, the last time they were held under 50 yards rushing was Northwestern in 2015, held them to minus 26 rushing yards. But two rushing yards for Wisconsin, like, that was my biggest question coming into this game was, can they stop the run? I thought what Graham Mertz did today, I thought Illinois could do that to him. I didn't know they could stop Braylon Allen, Ches Malusi, and Wisconsin's rushing attack quite like that. Yeah, could it? Like, Graham Mertz made some throws earlier that you're like, oh, okay. Like, you thought he was going to have to come out and make some make some throws, and he did, and, and then they, they got some pressure. And, yeah, it's we, we've talked about it, and I don't know that – I think we talk about every podcast here. I mean, like, I, I don't know that I can find the weakness where it's like if you're an opponent, you want to attack Illinois defensively here, here, because they, they're collectively, they're all just moving together in unison, and that's what's really most impressive. Like, you've seen teams that are dominant up front, and it's like, well, if you can get it, throw. And, but that's not what this is. It's it's everywhere. I asked Brett Bielema about the defensive front. I thought his answer was interesting. He said, oh, we got some guys on the back who were pretty good, too. It's like, yeah, you're right, and it's just all over. And Ryan Walters, man. 17 games into his Illinois career, uh, it's a pretty good 17 games, Jeremy. Yeah, he's making a million dollars now. I'd imagine that goes up by about 50% potentially by the next season, whether it's for somebody else or coming back uh, to Illinois. But Brett Bielema is certainly going to get that raise. Barry Lonnie is certainly going to get that raise if the season continues to go. But we came in saying, get one of the next three. You got a chance to, do, to, to have a good season, be a bowl team, right? Now, I think when you do win this one, Listen, the players have to focus on Iowa. But Iowa offensively is terrible. Like, Illinois is the better team. Like, Illinois, if they're a better team against Wisconsin, I think they're a better team against Iowa, even though I love Iowa's defense. I think they're really, really good. They held Michigan 24 points, which I think is pretty good for them. Uh, and then Minnesota scores 10 points today uh, against Purdue, which is not a great defense in my opinion. So, like, you're looking at this, Joey, and we'll break down more of the individual things of this game, but – this team is setting up to be a player in the Big Ten West. I think we can talk about that. Like nationally, Illinois is going to get some attention now. I don't think they'll be ranked. I think they have to beat Iowa next week to be ranked. But there's going to be a huge spotlight on that Illinois-Iowa game that maybe that can be really a coming out party that if Illinois wins that, they're ranked. And all of a sudden, uh, people are talking about this. But Brett Bielema said he's not wasting any time. Like they are going to take advantage of a moment like this. And Wisconsin – 
has two D-line commits that Illinois wants in Jamel Howard and Roderick Pierce. I saw Roderick Pierce play last night. He's pretty dang good. Um, he's going to call those guys. He said he's going to call two guys he's been waiting to call until after this game. He's going to use that. And, and for recruiting, I think this win is big. To get more wins would be huge because that's what they have to do. I think the staff, just like on the field, the process, the organization they have is really good. Now you can sell the on-field success to recruits. That's where you can really lift off here. Can I, what we talk about the recruits, can I just, who outside, Jamison obviously position coach on the defensive line. Who, uh, who was also recruiting in that territory? The Kevin Kane's area? Yeah. I don't know who, I don't know what Kevin Kane was doing, but I know that when we were doing interviews on the field, Kevin Kane had his feet up by himself in a, a little spot in the end zone. I don't know, maybe he was getting a jump on some of those. I don't know if he was or wasn't, to be truthfully honest. I have no idea, but. Not I suspect that you shooting a video, hanging out well, in he Wisconsin. Well, a selfie of himself on the field. So I would have to think maybe the phone has already started ringing from uh, those Champaign area codes. But, yeah, man, that, we, we talked about it coming in, Jeremy. I, I, I kind of pull back the curtain a little yeah. bit. Like When we talk about, okay, what do we want to, like you and I, what do we want to accomplish work-wise? Like what can, how do we maximize interest in our website? So the, the Illinois basketball gets a commitment on Friday, and we're talking like, okay, how can we maximize like weekends of traffic? And then we got greedy, right? We're like, well, if they win, then we'll obviously there'll be more interest. It's the same thing as like if they can get one of the three against Wisconsin, Iowa, Minnesota, and now you're looking at like one probably like not underwhelming. I, I think that would be a, a big leap, but like there's more there, and you can see that there's still more meat on that bone. And like you change, that's what I think this program's doing. That's my long-winded way, like expectations long-term change but they're also changing in the short term and i think that is like becoming very clear to us and these guys can say hey we expect to win every game now and it's true that that's what's amazing about what brett Bielma has been able to do is i think these guys are really smart like they're really smart football players now because of this football 101 i know it might sound cliche but these guys know like they they're smart football players they execute there were five of five in the red zone today, which I think was important. There were some penalties uh, that cost them today. But, man, there's not a lot of assignment misses. There were a couple early, and those were striking. And Graham Mertz made them pay on the touchdown pass. There was one. There was a third down play that resulted in a sack. But, like, after that, it feels like they get them cleaned. Yes. Right? Like, it, it's not – that bruise doesn't stay for long. It feels like they get cleaned up quickly. Yeah, so I, I just think this is a, a really good football team right now that has a chance uh, to make some noise in the in the Big Ten West. You can weigh in if you want uh, on the live YouTube stream here. Any questions, we'll get to those towards the end of the podcast. Uh, I thought you mentioned Graham Mertz. We knew what the game plan would be today defensively. It's get the ball out of uh, the running back's hands, force them into longer situations, and make Graham Mertz beat you in one-on-one -on -one coverage. And credit to Graham Mertz early, made some good throws. Like He's frustrating for Wisconsin fans because he makes throws sometimes that are really good. He did early in the game. I know those guys were coming open, but Wisconsin was protecting Mertz pretty well early in the game. But then once he made a mistake, you saw it snowball. It's, you know, we've seen that here at Illinois with these quarterbacks make one bad decision, all of a sudden it snowballs. It did, and they still weren't able to run the ball. So the fact that they were able to, to stop, I mean, I don't know if we can say more about the defensive front. Um, I got to go back and watch the film of like what Gabe Backus and Seth Coleman did, but Keith, Johnny, uh, Calvin Avery has been phenomenal. The linebackers, T. Rod Edwards had his first sack today. And then to combine that with, I think, three guys who are definitely going to play in the NFL, and Devin Witherspoon, Quan Martin, and Sidney Brown or at least have the chance to play in the NFL, this defense is not only well-coached, it's, it's, it's talented, and those guys are executing, and they're veterans, man. 
They are. And the, the veterans, I think, is a big part. But look, I know we've talked at length about Lovey Smith's recruiting. There was talent left here when, when he was fired. And I think you've seen this coaching staff take that and help maximize that talent. Age certainly helps with that. But this is a really talented defense. And like Ryan Walters should get a lot of credit. His coaching staff should get a lot of credit. Those dudes are out there executing pretty seamlessly. They're fixing mistakes. I, I know we talked to... I think I talked to Aaron Henry or Ryan Walters about that. Like, how, how easy is it for you when they see it? And like, okay, this is something we've done wrong. They're kind of self-correcting. I think that's that's really important. And then as you look, there are a lot of a couple eight freshmen on the travel. Like, you you see like the trickle down. That's how you do this. But man, there there is some real talent there. Two turnovers early in this game, but Illinois scores 17 points off three turnovers. Uh, I believe mostly in the first half there, right? Like, and to be able to take advantage of the Wisconsin kickoff return snafu like those are plays illinois had before i felt like the teams had switched uniforms the programs had switched uniforms because those are the kind of plays illinois made in the past and wisconsin hasn't um wisconsin penalty after penalty uh the one drive late uh where illinois had to score three times to actually score the touchdown but that's a huge moment that they had two touchdowns taken away the chase brown receiving touchdown a great play by isaiah williams uh to tip ryman but they had an illegal formation and then to come back joey and still find a way to score i thought that was a big statement because that that was one of my biggest um concerns was can illinois score when they get into the red zone three touchdowns two field goals by a little bit hampered caleb griffin that's a big moment for Barry Lunny. Didn't put up huge yards today, but when the defense set them up, they cashed in, and that's something we didn't see last year with Tony Peterson. So I think that's a huge step forward for the program. I think Barry Lunny has been a fantastic hire. He has. And that, to your point, that flag drive, I think as we call it, it was like four, four straight. That ends in a field goal. Like we've seen that for Illinois football end in a field goal a lot of times. You get a couple called back, you're just kind of bleh. And then out trots at that point it was James McCord or whoever before him. I thought that was telling that they just kept now. They probably got a gift with a defensive pass interference uh, call there. And, and same for the other touch. I'm like, you're seeing them maximize the gifts where they had given those gifts. And other teams had maximized that. And I, I thought, yeah, the switching, it feels like they did kind of switch uniforms. And, and, and to that point, Alex Palczewski said, hey, this isn't, this isn't like an irregularity. This is, this is who we plan to be. And that goes back to, like, I think they feel it, right? Like, they feel that this is – coming along and you see that just in little moments so it's just little sn snippets on the field yeah it's the uh, as you said ted lasso believe they believe right now and then they're executing on top of it because you know 2019 i mentioned it felt a little fluky like this does not feel that way because when you have a third quarter like this joey you get the ball out of halftime up 14 to 10 it's time to step on throats right like now now is the time to capitalize take the lead Illinois not only took the lead with that first drive 10 plays 75 yards Finding way, Tommy DeVito, three rushing touchdowns. We haven't mentioned that yet. Um, but to, to just go fourth and or third and goal, whatever it was, when you're on the goal line, just to sneak it in, get under center, and to be able to do that. I think Alex Pilstrom had a really good game against Keanu Benton. i got to go back and watch the film, but he, I would imagine he did with what they were able to do on the ground in some of those situations. But in the third quarter, Illinois had scored Wisconsin 17 to nothing, outgained them 163 to 10, and had 12 minutes of possession. And Chase Brown's huge run, just waving by to the crowd here. Uh, and they stuck around for jump around, but then they filtered out, man. Like they, The natives are restless here with Paul Chris being two and three, being really mediocre in Big Ten play the last three seasons. 
to have Illinois kind of be the cap of that, like this is probably the most upset Wisconsin football fans have been about their program in a long time. Well, it doesn't help that the gentleman on the other sideline uh, came back and got you there. And, and look, I think a lot of that, not to go too far down the Wisconsin discussion here, but the other part of that is your defensive coordinator at Wisconsin. A lot of people like him. And like it, that to me. Did not have a good day today, though. He did not. <laughs> that, that to me feels like where some of the, it's like, well, we have this guy, and what if he leaves? And it, like, there, there's just so much. There's a lot of stuff that you've seen elsewhere that, like, Wisconsin's always just been this stable ship. And it, there's still some, a level of stability here. Like, come on. But, like, there's, you're starting to see some rocking. It's just really interesting to watch from the other side. They haven't fired a coach since 1993. Right? <laughs> That's pretty, pretty amazing. I know Gary Anderson was kind of a weird situation, but. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Um, Tommy DeVito, we got to mention him. Illinois has a, an advantage at quarterback. Right? In most of the games they play this season, they have an advantage at quarterback. He took care of the ball. He made good decisions. And then he made plays. And, and I thought Pat Bryan had some fantastic catches. Bryan Hightower really moved the chains really well. Isaiah Williams had a couple, you know, not big plays, but positive plays for Illinois. Uh, Tommy DeVito, just the decision-making, the poise, the accuracy, Joey, 18 of 24 today. Man, he has been a huge, huge boost. I think anything you wanted, like the best-case scenario out of Tommy DeVito, you're getting right now. You are. You are and it's just it, when you watch him, like beyond the stats, if you, he passes the eye test. Like when this guy's moving along and, and he's feeling himself, which, again, I, I know we've talked about this, Tommy never lacks for confidence, but when he's really feeling it, you can see that. Like, it reads really clearly. Whether it's the RPO and he throws those, like, Randy Johnson fastballs in there. Just the way the quarterback sneak, Like, just the way he carries himself when it's going. It's it's noticeable. And I think they feed off of that. And that's not, not trying to knock Brandon Peters. The last time I remember that really being the case. And the talent level is different. Like, I thought A.J. Bush had that. Uh, I thought, like, he kind of was able. And Brandon Peters had games like that. But you could just see that they – they really react to Tommy DeVito's confidence. And when it's going, I think it's really high right now. Brett Bielma said something interesting that it's kind of like a re- rebirth in his football life, something along those lines. Mm-hmm. You can feel that a little. Like, Tommy DeVito, 2020 and 2021 weren't, weren't probably the most fun, I would have to suspect, for Tommy DeVito at quarterback. And like, it looks like he's having fun out there, and these guys are all in on him. And that's why you and I were high on him coming into the year because there's just – when you're a quarterback, man, you got to have an it factor. Like, you got to be the leader of the team. you got to believe. you got to lift your team up. I think Tommy DeVito has done that. And so one thing, I think, with Westlund and with, you know, Brandon Pierce, you just didn't have – those guys weren't natural kind of energy guys. Like, DeVito is not only talented and a good decision maker, but I think he's just the emotional leader uh, of that offense. And, and to have that guy behind center, under center, whatever you want to say, uh, is something this program has lacked for a really long time. And I want to mention this. Like, Chase Brown was bottled up for a while. He got loose in the second half. And I think this is a kind of game, sixth straight game, 
of 100 plus yards for him, fifth to start the season. Uh, probably has a good chance. I know Mo Ibrahim didn't have a great game today. Probably has a great chance to continue to lead the country in, in yards, um, rushing yards after this game. It's kind of a Doak Walker performance. To run for 129 against Wisconsin, have the 49-yard touchdown and wave goodbye, like that is a, a good moment. I don't know if I want to go Heisman conversation because it's really hard for running backs, especially one at Illinois, to do that. He's having a Kenneth Walker season? Is, is that is that too ridiculous to say? I mean, Michigan State was a surprise team last year. Kenneth Walker ended up being a top six getter in, in the Heisman or whatever. Chase Brown's kind of having similar areas right there. Well, I mean, I have the stats pulled up here. So we just Walker got... was 1,600 yards, I believe, last year. Well, Chase Brown has 733 rushing yards through five games. Uh, 49 today was actually his longest rushing uh, run, I guess, goodness gracious, of the day. Dude, it's... We, I'm gonna love, I think we both took our, the under we set at 99 and a half. And it's like, man, there's like for us. So clearly the, like the, the Camp Randall, I don't whatever, aura was Steve. probably more for us than it was for those guys. Yeah. This dude came in and, and hung more than 100 yards on him. And, and I asked him, I said, what's going through your mind? Like you're kind of waving bye to everybody. And this is like goes back to just kind of what this is instilled in there. He goes, dude, all I could hear was Brett Bielema in the back, or Coach B in the back of my mind, like punch it to the back of the end zone. Punch it to the back of the end zone. I'm like, the messages received in that locker room, like that was such a telling line. Like, dude, you could have said anything. You could have been like, I wanted to you know, wait, whatever. Like that was his answer. Like, man, that is, that's impactful. Yeah, and I think from our perspective, we kind of hear the same things come out of the players' mouths that we do out of Bioma. Frustrating at times. Yeah, which can, which can be frustrating at times. But, like, you know, sometimes your players use cliches, don't want to say anything and get them in trouble. This team believes what he's saying. Right? And then to back it up on the field, um, I think this, this is a big moment for the program, even if they expected to come in here to win, to dominate like they did, Joey. This is a, a potential flashpoint. Like Alex Pelcheski even said, I mean, think of the games he's had here. Think of the games he's had in this program. Can I, can I add really quickly with him? Someone asked him, you know, what, what was it like kind of seeing this? 2018 was not a good performance here. He said, I almost teared up on, on the sideline. I said, why? He's like, seen so much like my personal career been here we've seen these games like man like just to, to dive in on his journey a little bit goodness like he's one of the few who's played here with people in the stands and like that was i was like oh man it really it's been a long time for him here but holy smokes and he said the tide is turning we're not the same old illinois like this is a different program and i think even for us like predicting this game you and i fought like ourselves, because we were sitting there going, I think, I think they're going to win. And then we didn't, because they're still in the back of my mind. It's like, oh, it's Illinois football against Wisconsin football. But if you watch the games, like, you know, Washington State, Wisconsin, you know, shot itself in the foot just like Illinois did at Indiana. Ohio State, you just don't want to put too much into that game. But now we've seen this is a different program. And I think any Illini fans or us who still had doubts about it, I think this game answered that emphatically, that this is a different program, this is a different team, uh, and now can they take advantage of the moment that they've created, to, to their credit, where they can be a surprise team in the Big Ten West, and, and even more so than Illinois winning four straight and, and getting to six and four in 2019. Like They have a chance to kind of set the tone in the Big Ten West, and now Illinois gets to recruit off that. Now these players going to Iowa, favorites? against the Hawkeyes, potentially. They have to open it, is that right? Yeah, so like, this is a moment for the program, uh, and now they have to to capitalize. They're on a winning streak. Three games in a row, it doesn't happen very often around here.
it doesn't. I, I think, like, obviously the Indiana thing, like, maybe as the year goes on, that be, that stings less. Uh, but it's obviously going to sting. But I just think that this is this was Brett Bielema's 17th game. Like, beyond what it looks like on the field. Like, What's his record? Was it Over 500. He's 9 and 8. It's the best start since John McAvick. Paul Chris did not have, did not beat him today to get more wins at Wisconsin than he did. But I think just beyond what you've seen on the field, which obviously is an improved product, we saw that a year ago, and that's carrying over. Like you can feel, and I know I keep coming back to, but like you can feel that that shift there. Like that is how you build, right? Like when you have that that shift in terms of what people are hearing, what your players are hearing, and how they go and deliver that. Like that helps in every facet. It. Brett Beal made a little bit of a quarterback pitch today. Uh, <laughs> yeah, he is always recruiting. He was recruiting a couple times uh, in, in the postgame press conference. But, you know, he's talked about wide receivers. Hey, come play to Illinois. Malik Elzey. Um, and then quarterbacks today because Illinois had a bad quarterback sell, right? And, and it showed last year with recruiting. It's showing this year uh, in recruiting. They have to go find a guy, right, kind of an under-the-radar guy. Um, now, whether it's the next transfer – they can show, look what Tommy DeVito is doing. Can you pull up his stats? What's his efficiency number? Um, his touchdown to, to interception ratio is still 9 to 2, but his efficiency rating is 150 something, I believe. So, yeah, 148.3. Illinois hasn't had a, Illinois had three guys over 140 for an entire season Westlunt, Nathan Schuhaus, Tony Eason. Now, spread offenses help that. The modern era helps that um, compared to back in the day when these guys had to drop back and. 50-plus percentage of, of completion was good. But that, that's a huge sell moving forward. Defensive linemen, Roderick Pierce, Jamel Howard, future defensive linemen. Look what Keith Randolph and Johnny Newton are doing in this system. Wide receivers, look at Pat Bryant breaking out. I, we don't know his status uh, after leaving the game with the injury, but even Brian Hightower, Isaiah Williams, and, of course, running backs, man. Like, offensive line, DBs, all these guys that are going to go to the NFL – they got a lot to sell in recruiting, so I'm interested to see, dig into like what the impact of this will be moving forward. But you got to keep, you got to keep building that. You got to keep that momentum. You do, and that's that's the thing that we've seen. It's why Brett Bielma hired Josh, or Josh Whitman hired Brett Bielma is sustained. It's a sustained success, but just sustained momentum. Yeah. And like you've seen, the 2019 is a great example. It was four games of huge momentum, and that stopped in the final two, and then obviously in the bowl game, like you. I just think there's been kind of a slow building of that momentum. And it goes back to a year ago. Like, you and I were on the field for the Northwestern game, kind of ready to do our media responsibilities. And there was momentum on that field. A lot of those guys aren't back. But there was, there was some real momentum there. And, and real quick about Tommy DeVito, Jeremy. He's got 1,121 passing yards through five games. Uh, last year, Brandon Peters led the team with 1,170. So he's 49 away, which he'll – almost surely get next week. If he doesn't get that next week, then there's probably other things to discuss. So that would be in his sixth game. Brandon Peters played nine. Tommy DeVito has nine passing touchdowns. He's above last season. They combined for 13. Like you, That is what you see. And, and I thought Barry Lunny, I, I love the sneaks. Yeah. I thought I was like, okay, the running with Chase Brown is not. It was Indiana part two, right? Like they're down there and they didn't get it. I like that they threw. They got the pass interference. Like, how the hell is it? Just sneak it. And it worked. And then it worked two more times. The red zone is one of the biggest stats of the game, five of five. Like, that was one of my biggest concerns coming in. And, man, he scored, like, seven times because of those penalties. Found a way to score. So, so kudos uh, to Barry Lunny for that. Uh, all right, Iowa coming into next week. 
what size were Iowa's record? Three and two now, uh, one and one in, in the Big Ten. Um, they can't score. They, they really struggle to score. I, I still think that defense with Phil Parker is really good. I think it's Tommy DeVito's toughest game yet, uh, and their defensive front is very, very good. Uh, but, man, they just struggle to move the ball, and it's not just through the air, Joey. Like, their running attack is not nearly as good. So you had a vulnerable, that was the word I kept using this week, Wisconsin team. Now you got a chance to capitalize on a vulnerable Iowa team with a bad offense and a good defense and special teams but what should be a winnable game yet again. And for all these Illinois fans that understandably were waiting, waiting to have a moment to buy in, three straight wins, three straight dominant wins after that Indiana game, it needs to be 50,000-plus against Iowa. And I would say it should be a sellout because if you win this game, you're probably going to be ranked the next week. Is that weird to say? Is that weird to say out loud? Yeah, that – and I thought that was the underlying, like, we, I always like to, like, kind of look at, like, what else, like, the underlying kind of thing out of this game, outside of just making that statement and, and getting more of that credibility, was who, how many people can you get to show up to Memorial Stadium? And the Big Ten, or whoever, the TV network, yep. gave them a good, good opportunity, 630. Yep. I think they uh, called it an orange out is what Illinois is going for. And they're going to have a lot of recruits in attendance for it. You think so, huh? <laughs> that might be a good idea to bring a few, a few recruits down, but, like, that's the other part of this is I've always thought that Illinois football had fans who were just kind of waiting. And I've talked to people like, I feel like people want to be there and they want to, and by there, I just mean invested, like all the way invested. And no one's asked us when basketball season starts. Right. No one has asked when basketball season starts. It is October 1st, Jeremy. (laughs) Well, and here's what Josh Whitman talked about when it came to attendance. He said, fear of missing out. We have to create that. If I'm an Illinois fan and I'm like not at that game, I'd have a fear of missing out, that I could miss the moment Illinois kind of gets back there. Like the Arizona State game in 2011 was kind of this arrival moment. I know where that season went, but they started the season 6-0, and and that was a huge win over a ranked opponent. This feels similar to that, that this could be one of those moments you talk about of a special season because this has the chance for Illinois, relatively, to be a pretty special season the way this is set up and more importantly just the way they've played they've played such great football um man what is their i'll I'll look this up as we're talking here but their scoring margin of of victory here is is pretty ridiculous um you beat virginia by 21 games you beat wisconsin or 21 points you beat wisconsin by 24 points like that's pretty ridiculous 141 to or 147 to 42 that's how you're out a lot of those came against indiana I mean, go on, man. And that's only nine points a game right now. Yeah, I, I think Jeremy, the best way, eight point four points a game. Yeah, thirty-seven points off turnovers for Illinois, three for opponents. Like the best way I can say this, and it's, it's not—I don't feel like I've said this for a while covering this. It's just good football. Yeah. This is good football on the field, and I don't know if that's always going to mean they're going to win football games, but they're playing just good football, and it's—it is. It's not just good defense like last year. Right. It's good both sides of the field is that what you wanted like that's what brett bielema so you wanted brett bielema to do when it's what josh women wanted when he got when he hired brett bielema's play good football and illinois is just playing good for other things to clean up yeah the pen, there's some penalties that you'd like to eradicate there's some some red zone i still think there's probably a little bit more you can do there you got bailed out a couple times down there today it's just good ball man yeah. it is just good ball uh, Sauce said, this is what Illinois football fans have wanted for the last three regimes just complete. It's been more than three. <laughs> I think it's been more than that. 
Uh, Alex, the Minnesota loss makes the Michigan State game look a better down the line. Yeah, that's a very, very winnable I, game. Before we go on, Jeremy, like we, we just talked about like recalibrating expectations. Yeah. What games, if, as you look down the line in this schedule, you're like, eh, I still think Michigan is Michigan. Let's, like go, that. let's, let's, let's go down. All right, let's go so down. You got yeah. Iowa and Minnesota the next two. Right. Iowa, you're going to be favored at home. Yeah. You should be favored at home, whether it's three points, seven points. I think you should be a seven point favorite at home to, to Iowa. Based on what I've seen from those two teams, it was 27 14. So the defense uh, against Michigan today, I, I think the defense at Iowa is really good. I think it's going to be a low number, uh, but I think they should be favored. Minnesota? Um, it's at home for Illinois. Depends on what happens with Minnesota and Illinois next week. But that's a toss-up game, right? Um, and I don't want to be a prisoner of the moment and say Minnesota is not as good as Illinois because I think they're the most balanced teams in the West. I think they're the best two teams in the West right now. Um, all right, then you have Nebraska. You're at Nebraska, but you're going to be favored in that one. Um, so then after that is Michigan State. Purdue or Michigan State, one of the two. I'm looking at Minnesota. I think Minnesota, sorry. I think Minnesota's coming off of a bye week. Okay. They will be coming off of a bye. Well, we should know the schedule better. <laughs> well, all right. So just the, the rest of the opponents. Purdue at home. Nebraska, Michigan State. You, you tra- Michigan State comes to town. and then I think, I think that would be a game you can be favored in if Michigan State continues to trend the way they are, they are and if Illinois wins two of the next three games. Purdue, I think you should be favored against. I think you're a better football team than Purdue. Michigan, you're an underdog. Right? Yeah. You're at Michigan, you're probably going to be a 10, 14 point under something big, right? Because Michigan's really, really freaking good. They're a national title contender, national playoff contender. Uh, and then Northwestern, I think you should be double digit favorites. So, how many games do you think they're underdogs in the rest of the way? Two, maybe? I would say definitely Michigan. So, could there be a, you know, this is a long way to go. Maybe see what next week looks like with Iowa. Maybe Minnesota, maybe a, one of the Michigan states or Purdue's. You could see just. A long way to go before you yes. get to those games. I think there's some space there to, to kind of kind of see things shift. But and I think next week, like if you lost to Iowa and Minnesota, you know, it has an off week, I believe. Like yeah. you could you could be an underdog there even at home. But like, there's not many games where you sit there and go, yeah, I can't compete. Michigan's the only one. Like and and I don't I don't even think you can say can't compete. I think they can compete, but I do think they should be probably double digit underdogs in that one. Yeah, and I, I think again, as you get into October and into November, if you're Illinois. They, a fan of Illinois for play. That's a good feeling, man, to, to look down there and say, all right, you got a national playoff contender. That, that's going to be tough sledding. But otherwise, I don't think you should, like, go in like the most confident person on planet Earth. Ten and two. Yeah, but I think you should feel like your team isn't going to – I don't see Illinois laying an egg in, in those points. Like, that being said, we saw Rutgers a year ago. But I just think that, this like – team's different, though. It is. You, you can feel it. And I don't know, man. Like, that's – Things are shaping. I don't know what it's going to look like. That's the thing. I don't want anyone They'll to probably play. lose one that they, they, you don't expect them to lose, Maybe and they might Michigan win one. Michigan State, right? Like Michigan State. Maybe, like I don't want anyone to hear this thing. Like, oh, geez, Werner and Wagner picking them to go ten and two. They're booking the spot in Pasadena. Like that's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying that. Like, how many times have you not been favored for seven games? Right? Like that's wow. I am. I am not booking my uh, hotel room for the first weekend of December in Indianapolis quite yet. But I'm starting to think maybe I should have that weekend open, right? Or maybe I shouldn't book Detroit for Christmas. Maybe I, can, maybe I can think of going to Nashville. Maybe I can think about going to Charlotte for a, for a nice bowl game in warm weather. I will tell you what, man. I don't care what happens, but don't put – I don't want to be in Detroit on the 26th. That's a long Christmas. I'm confident they won't. Like, I've recalibrated my expectations. I thought they'd be a bowl team this year. They're 4-1. and one. 
I think they're at least getting seven wins. And I think you can, with the way they played, you can dream higher of that. It's, you can think as an Illinois fan, I know they expected more this year. They can say that. But if they got to a bowl, that would have felt like a successful season. Now, I think you can set yourselves higher about what your expectations for this year can be that maybe they can be the eight or nine win team that's surprised in the West. Maybe they can go to Indianapolis. Like, is an Illinois fan. You can start thinking about those things now. Now they got to take, they got to keep doing it week after week. And that's what's so hard in the Big Ten. But it's what's so great about the Big Ten West is you have opportunities to do that. Yeah, and you have opportunities when Nebraska is kind of a little bit of a mess right now. Northwestern's a little bit of a mess right now. Uh, Purdue is beat. Like, it's a good year to kind of – and we thought the same last year, Jamie. We thought the same thing last year. I mean, I know Iowa was, was awfully good, especially defensively last year, but it's a pretty good year to maybe find yourself a little bit here because there's some other programs that are kind of on a long search for themselves. Charlie said, I think we'll get top 25 votes this week, and this team should be turning national heads. I think you're starting to get attention. I think you're one win away from getting in the top 25. Maybe you get a couple, like 25th vote here, 24th vote there. But I still think they need another one because Wisconsin's 2-3. and three. They're not ranked. Illinois has not beat a above 500 team. Yeah, well, I guess Wyoming and Chattanooga are, but like Power 5 team. They haven't had that kind of win yet, but we know what this win means at Wisconsin, even though they're not That ranked. being said, I think there might be some like coast, whether east or west, who like, oh, heck, they went in and beat – you know, okay, okay, we'll give you one. I don't know if that's going to be the case. Maybe someone will throw them a, a pity bow, but next week is the one to really to keep those heads turning. Derek, Illinois football is about to regain the rightful place as the king of the Big Ten. What, it's rightful place from 1928? Is that what we're talking about? Time, 50, traveling. We're time traveling here. We got Keith. Shout out to you, Keith. Be a goldfish. <laughs> I love that. Oh, yeah. bring, bring all the Ted Lasso stuff here. Um, all right. Was, uh, T. Scott, the sleeping giant, has awakened. Are, are we going there yet? No. If, if they win the next two, yeah, I, I would, I would, I would feel more comfortable saying. Yeah, I, I still. We just went on this whole thing, and I still, I was. Two good teams. Yeah, they're two good teams. I don't know if I think it's waking. I, I think that there's a belief that in that room that they can wake it up. I, I have to see more than fifty thousand people in the stands to say they're awake. Yeah, you know, <laughs> can we, before I know we got a lot of these, and we probably got to get on the road somehow. I don't care. Can you just think of, like, what that might mean for Alex Palczewski and, and, like, Michael Marquez and Kendall Smith and who am I missing? I know there's another uh, in that class. Jamal Woods. Jamal Woods to walk out of that tunnel next Saturday and see 50,000, 50, whatever the case may be. Those dudes have seen a lot of – I almost count the people in the in this stadium. Like, you think about those things, maybe because they've been here forever, but, like, I think that is it's just those underlying stories there. All right, uh, Brett Beam has made uh, people talking about an Iowa game. Brett Beam has made a big deal about the rematches. I asked him earlier this week. He didn't want to talk about it, but he brought it up again today. Virginia, you flip that score, a team that crushed you last year, right? You flip that, and then this year you flip it of domination against Wisconsin, a team that dominated you last year. The rest of the games are pretty close. But I thought Iowa was a huge opportunity for Illinois last year. They get up 10 nothing and let that one slip away due to their mistakes, and then offensively they weren't able to do anything. I think it's another huge, huge game of showing how much you have improved from last year because I thought that was a gettable game last year and you let it slip through your fingers. Absolutely. And you look at the first two, it's been really impressive, those first two rematch turn-ons. And I know 
the programs are in different spots. So is this a rematch tour, Jeremy, or is this a Ryan Walters money-making tour here in these rematch games? Yeah, yeah I think um, – yeah, Ryan Walters is going to get a raise. Just it depends on who it's I from. I don't know where it's going to be. Hey, and Brett Buma is going to get a huge raise because if you start getting fans in that stadium, man, I know I keep bringing that up, but that's the next step. Uh, ben, don't rank us yet. I would, yeah, I like that. I, I wouldn't want to be ranked quite yet. Go earn it. And that's the one thing I, I think is, is clear is this team uh, is certainly earning it. Uh, sauce, how crispy is that Mountain Dew? It's the diet. Diet Mountain Dew, which is the best thing about this Wisconsin press conference or the Wisconsin press box. I can't say many positives about that. No, the brats at 9:30 were pretty good. I know you, for whatever reason, backed off of that. I sure didn't. I had two and had a nice, had a nice Saturday. My Mountain Dew's a little flat, but that's all right. All right, Patrick, your comment's going to wrap it up. It feels so good to no longer be the Big Ten doormat. Like that, that's true. Like they, they aren't anymore. What's four and five last year? One and one this year. And I think they're going to have an over 500 record in the Big Ten West. Like, the tide is turned. I think that's what Alex Pacheski kept saying over and over again. You feel that, and you're seeing it on the field. Can I just read the Alex Pacheski quote? Yeah. He said, we've been adopting this mentality of us against the world, us against everybody. Nobody's going to give us every, anything. Everybody thinks it's just Illinois. F that. We're turning the tide now. This isn't an irregularity. My only complaint, he used to say the actual word. Yes. Alex Palczewski censored himself a little bit, but that's, they feel that. Like, that's, they, those, they feel the tide turning, and I think that's starting to trickle to the fan base a little bit, Jeremy. Uh, Mike said, Bielma's is going to get scooped by an SEC school. Let's oh, pump guys, the bricks. Guys. <laughs> Enjoy. It's a beautiful Saturday. Take a breath. I think Brett Bielma's is happy, dude. Uh, they, I think he understands what his path, I, I feel like he's very settled yeah. right now, and I think he loves the idea of having his fingerprints and building this thing. Mike, breathe, brother. It's well, okay. He's done the SEC thing. It didn't work out very well, right? I think here, one, it's his home state. I do think that matters to him a little bit. It's another chance at the Big Ten. But this is probably his career-defining job, right? Because Wisconsin won three Big Ten titles. Everyone's always going to say, yeah, he was riding Barry Alvarez's coattails. That's, why, that's part of the reason he left, right, is he didn't think he could – win at the highest level here, but I think he also wanted to do his own thing. I think to be that guy at Illinois, like if Brett Bielema gets this program to the level of what Iowa is under Kirk Ferentz and Hayden Fry, like his coach, Hayden Fry, they build a statue. They call it, you know, I know it's Zupke Field, but they'd have a statue of him. They'd have a Brett Bielema honor way or something. You know what I mean? Like he Bielema would be a le- Yes, he would be a legend. He'd be a Bielema Boulevard, or if you want to go alliteration. Oh, yeah, yeah. You like those. Yeah, I like alliteration. Um, yeah, like, they, they would do that here. And the other thing I want to make a point of, what did he keep saying, bringing it up in the press conference? Josh Whitman. He kept bringing up how Josh Whitman has poured finances. Like, when he, when he asks for things from Josh, Josh has put it there. And there's a reason. Josh Whitman needs this to work. <laughs> And right now it looks like it's working on top of what's already happening across Kirby Avenue with Illinois basketball. Hey, Josh, I need to uh, make a pretty costly coordinator change after 12 games. I'm going to bring in this guy. I promise you it's going to work. And guess what? Josh Whitman backs it. Brett's talked about the helmets. He's talked about just all these things that we probably we probably don't know a lot of them or probably think twice about them. But there's a, a belief- flight here today. Like he said, yeah. we were going to take a bus here, but I wanted a flight. Josh said, okay. I thought that was interesting when I heard that. I was like, you guys rode. Bust Indiana. I think it's – there's a belief that Brett has in Josh Whitman too and, and that he's going to get backed as he as he needs to be backed. And I think he's settled, man. I, 
I know it's a natural to get ready for the punt. Just breathe. It's okay. I think he's settled. I think he's happy. You can do good things at Illinois. And, uh, you know, Brett Bioma is showing that if you build it the right way, that in time, with patience, you can build something sustainable. And that's what they're trying to do now is can you sustain this through a season? Can you sustain this year after year? And can you sustain it, you know, even longer than that? So this feels like a big moment for Illinois football. Camp Randall State in the first win in 20 years. You brought up the guys that were around that team. It was like Tony Pashos, Kurt Kittners last year on that team. Like, that was a very, very long time ago. Most of these guys on the Illinois roster were not alive the last time Illinois won in Camp Randall. So big moment. We're going to cover it all at Illini Enquirer. Check us out there. Thank you for listening to the Illini Enquirer podcast. Give us a follow, rating, review, wherever you get your podcasts. Also, we're enjoying these live post-game press conferences. So if you're hearing this on replay um, and, and you want something right after the game, uh, Joey and I are here doing this. We're going to do it for basketball as well. You guys have been great. It's great to have some interaction with you. So thank you for all you guys sending in questions and comments throughout this as well. I think it's turned into a really cool post-game uh, kind of format here. So Appreciate all you guys. Well, Joey's got something. We did have somebody say he stepped out of his fourth grade or four-year-old's birthday party. So, <laughs> shout out to you, Eric. Shout out to you, Eric. We see you. Uh, maybe go back to the party, man. <laughs> Love it. Love it. Everybody have a great weekend. Uh, what's the drink of choice? Are you drinking New Glarus if you can find it? Miller Lite, I guess. It's a lot of Miller Lite around here. Yeah, Miller Lite. I'm Packers fan. It's a lot. Of, I'm more of a Bud Light guy. I gotta get Derek Piper some some spotted cow on the way back. I gotta get my wife some of that as well. Uh, have a great weekend, everybody, and we'll talk to you next time right here on the Online Enquirer podcast.